Today's video is brought to you by Upstart. Guys, guys, guess where we found it? It was in Pennsylvania. Hey, brother! Guys, I have to think that one of the earliest theories to ever come out of the Harry Potter books way back when they were still coming out was that Harry was a descendant of Godric Gryffindor. It certainly felt like it made a whole lot of sense at the time, especially right after Chamber of Secrets. I mean, Harry spends the whole book worrying that he's the heir of Slytherin only to pull out the sword of, oh God, it hit something. The sword of Gryffindor and have Dumbledore confirm to him that only a true Gryffindor could have pulled that out of the hat. Plus, it turned out that Voldemort himself actually was the heir of Slytherin and that he and the real Gryffindor had like a real big falling out and it was over blood purity and that's like the foundation of all of Voldemort's rhetoric. Pure bloods are superior. That, as far as we know, was Slytherin's point of view and that's definitely Voldemort's point of view. It's the very thing Gryffindor was fighting with him about a thousand years ago and it's the very thing that Harry is fighting against the exact same bloodline a thousand years later. It's almost perfect. Everything lines up super well. Harry was even born in Godric's Hollow. Except the author has actually confirmed that Harry is not a descendant of Godric Gryffindor. Instead, he is the descendant of a different important wizarding line, the Peverils, who created the Deathly Hallows. Specifically, the third brother, Ignotus, who created the Invisibility Cloak, which Harry inherits. My body's gone! Although, honestly, Salazar Slytherin was a descendant of the second brother, so it's not like Harry had to be limited to just a single one of these families, but whatever. The point is, it's been confirmed he is not a descendant of Gryffindor. And, like, it doesn't really change anything. It just feels like such a missed opportunity. All of the pieces were right there. Unless, is it possible the pieces fit a different character? Yes, of course they do. Welcome to the channel. You've read the title. You know who we're talking about. Today, we try and figure out, is Dumbledore actually a descendant of Godric Gryffindor? Guys, before we dive on in, I need to give a huge thank you to today's sponsor, Upstart. As always, financial responsibility is a big deal, and we recommend that you always do your homework and make the best decision for you. That being said, not all of us are like Harry and have Gringotts vaults stacked with galleons. Some of us have to take out goblin loans just to make ends meet, and we all know how goblins are with interest. It's high. And if you didn't follow that, allow me to translate in case we have any muggles present. We don't all have dollar dollar bills stacked high at the bank. And occasionally we have to use credit cards to make ends meet. And we all know how goblins are with interest. But if that's the case for you, if you're dealing with high interest rate credit card debt, then Upstart might be the solution. They are a revolutionary lending platform that goes beyond the traditional credit score to give you a better rate. Taking things like your job history or your education into consideration meaning you can make more out of your payments faster and start stacking them galleons back up before you know it. Sorry, dollar dollar bills. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can find out for yourself why Upstart has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot by heading over to upstart.com scb to find out how low your rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. Again, that is upstart.com scb. Link is in the description down below. Guys, I don't know about you, but to me, the Hogwarts founders are the most interesting, unexplored characters in the wizarding world. I mean, they have such a tremendous legacy, and yet we know 
so little about them. Obviously, we know that all four of them valued very different things in their students and that that's the basis for the house system. But other than that, the founders pretty much always equal out. They are collectively considered the four greatest witches and wizards of the age. They each have an animal and a color associated with them. And all of them even have alliterative names. My personal headcanon is that they had a fifth friend, but his names weren't alliterative. And they were like, yeah, sorry, um, uh, what was it? Radagast Ganondorf, that's, get out, you're out. I'm sorry, but we've already got an R and a G. And what was your favorite animal? Raven, <laughs> that's taken. What? This was filmed moments before the official mascot decisions were made. <laughs> Everyone assumed Ravenclaw. <laughs> Everyone assumed. On a completely unrelated note, if you'd like one of these awesome bronze eagle shirts, they're available over at supercarlinbrothers.store. But you see what I mean? When it comes to the founders, they exist in equilibrium. They even each have their own like special relic attached to them. It's almost more unusual for them to not have something in common. The obvious glaring exception in this situation is when Slytherin decides to leave the school. And that ends up being such a key difference between these four friends that it is the catalyst for the entire Harry Potter story a thousand years later. But while Slytherin leaving is the obvious big one, there is another like less opinion based one that has gone unaddressed and that is Gryffindor's lack of any air. All three other founders produce some kind of offspring. Offspring, so I don't know why that felt like extra clinical or like I was working in a lab or something. Kids, they all had kids. Rowena has Helena Ravenclaw, a very short family line that uh, as far as we know ends there. We don't know Hufflepuff's immediate descendants, but we do know that her golden cup stays in the family and is passed through the generations until it eventually ends up with Hepzibah Smith, her descendant. Also not for nothing, but Jacob from Fantastic Beasts is totally one of Hufflepuff's heirs. Full video by Greg McCart. And Voldemort himself is of course the true heir of Slytherin. But then there's Gryffindor, the oh so noble and chivalrous Gryffindor who has no known descendants. I mean, it's possible the family line just ended with him, but I don't know, I just have a hard time believing he didn't have kids. I mean, just look at his beard. Are you telling me this guy with this beard had no kids? I mean, look, look at me. I have zero beard and I have three kids. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just math. But speaking of great beards, this is extra hard to believe when such a great candidate like Dumbledore is just sitting right there. All right, so let's just get some like superficial circumstantial stuff out of the way first. One, yes, Dumbledore was sorted into Gryffindor. That seems like it's probably the most basic requirement. Two, as stated, he also had a great big old beard and as a younger man would have had the matching auburn hair color. Three, he also has no known kids. Wait, no, scratch, that one doesn't make sense. Both Godric and Albus are known as some of the greatest wizards of the age, which normally I wouldn't say like counts for that much, except in Dumbledore's case, the other greatest wizard is probably Voldemort. And Voldemort is in fact Slytherin's heir, which would make the parallel between these two even stronger. Also, not for nothing guys, but Griffin, Dor, Dumbledore. <laughs> Again, it's just math. Ben, I'm not so sure about this one. Maybe it's just me, but the math feels a little shady in this video. This is what happens when you don't pay the math budget. I mean, but hey, what can I say? Last week, the dance budget worked out so well that we just decided to put more funding in that department, which reminds me. 
On a more serious note though, if you take all the reasons you might suspect Harry of being Gryffindor's heir and just apply them to Dumbledore like 30 years earlier, it all still fits. I mean, after all, Voldemort has been around for a while, and on his first rise to power, Harry wasn't there to oppose him. Instead, his main threat, enemy number one, would have been Dumbledore. And it's the same battle, pure blood superiority versus muggle-born rights. And Dumbledore fits. Godric is described as being the most outspoken for accepting muggle-borns into Hogwarts, and Dumbledore is well known for his support of muggles and muggle-borns in the present. If Dumbledore is Godric's heir, then the anticipated battle between Gryffindor and Slytherin is indeed playing out generations later, it's just Dumbledore instead of Harry. But while we're talking about generations, let's talk about how we don't know any further back generations for Dumbledore. The entire family tree, as we know it, is that Percival and Kendra Dumbledore had three kids, Albus, Ariana, and Aberforth. And allegedly someone named Aurelius, but he's almost definitely the physical manifestation of Ariana's Obscurus, but that's like a whole different story. There's full video by clicking the card. But really, that's it. Albus mentions that maybe his great-grandfather had a phoenix. They say my great-grandfather had one. And it took flight when he died. And it's suspected based on some like handwriting in the corner of a margin in Tales of Beetle the Bard that maybe this was his aunt. But I mean, bloodlines and status are a huge theme and part of Harry Potter in that we don't know any more than one generation back from one of the most important characters in the book. Like that seems very sus. Am I using that right? I have not, I haven't played Among Us. Oh, I thought sus was just a thing. It's that, it's a thing from that. I thought it was a thing before that. Mm, uh, this is definitely popularizing it. Okay, well, guys, comments below. Peter Pettigrew, he was sus, right? He was sus. He's the, he's the imposter. <laughs> Everyone oh. voted wrong. Everyone voted wrong. So we have Dumbledore with a mysterious lineage up the tree, Godric with a mysterious lineage down the tree, and we haven't even talked about the sword yet, which is kind of the big one. Ow. Last week, we talked about how the sword is similar to the Deathly Hallows in that it just has one true master at a time, which is why Harry knows Ron has to be the one to destroy the locket. Because you got the sword out of the pool. I think it's supposed to be you. He was not being kind or generous. As certainly as he had known that the dough was benign, he knew that Ron had to be the one to wield the sword. Dumbledore had at least taught Harry something about certain kinds of magic, of the incalculable power of certain acts. Every time we see the sword used as a sword, like as in to destroy something, it is being used by the person who has either just pulled it out of the hat or retrieved it doing something heroic. Sure, other characters are able to hold it and examine it, but we never see anyone else actually use it. This checks out in every situation except one, when Dumbledore destroys the ring. Prior to that, Harry had pulled the sword out of the hat in Chamber of Secrets, and the sword had done nothing since then except sit peacefully in Dumbledore's office. But according to Harry, based on what he learned from Dumbledore, Dumbledore should not have been able to destroy the ring. And yet, he does. How do, Dumbledore? How do. I mean, to be fair, he does walk away from the situation with a dead hand and a fatal curse, but I think we can all agree that was the ring, not the sword. But seriously, I think this is an important question. Like, why does this work? Dumbledore tells Harry, only a true Gryffindor could have pulled that 
from the hat. And don't get me wrong, I don't doubt that Dumbledore is a true Gryffindor. In fact, right now I'm trying to prove that that's biologically true. And it's not that I think he's not worthy enough to wield the sword, it wouldn't even surprise me if at some point in the past he had actually successfully pulled out the sword from the hat. But it doesn't matter if he's worthy enough or even if he pulled it out of the hat in the past because if that was true, Harry could have destroyed the locket. He would have proved that he was worthy enough when he pulled the sword out to destroy the basilisk. I mean, even when Dumbledore's portrait is telling Snape to go give Harry the sword, he reminds him it must be taken under conditions of valor. Like, even Dumbledore thinks Harry is going to have to reprove himself to the sword. But like, are you seeing the problem? Dumbledore shouldn't have been able to use it to destroy the ring because Harry was the last person to pull it out of the hat. So again, how does he do it? Well, I think it goes back to exactly what he said. It would take a true Gryffindor to pull that out of the hat. Similar to the Elder Wand, Gryffindor enchanted the sword to appear to any worthy Gryffindor in need, and that Gryffindor would then become the sword's master. But I think there's a bit of an asterisk here in that in the meantime, the sword could always be used by someone who was a direct descendant of Gryffindor. Again, think about the other founders and their relics. Where do all of those objects end up even a thousand years later? It's with their families. Slytherin's locket? Still with the Gaunts. The diadem was stolen by Helena, but she's still the only one who knows its whereabouts. And the cup is living with Hepzibah, a known descendant of Hufflepuff. The relics stay with the family and when Godric died, certainly he would have bequeathed the sword onto his next of kin, right? And certainly he wouldn't have done that if they wouldn't have been able to use it, right? Like, that feels like it makes sense to me. And on top of that, we haven't even talked about Fox yet. Okay, we actually have a whole video about this, but here are the cliff notes. Fox brings Harry the sorting hat in Chamber of Secrets and the hat gives Harry the sword. Two of those three things used to belong to Godric Gryffindor. So what is Fox doing there too? What is the gold and red bird doing with Gryffindor relics? Uh, he's completing the set because he also used to belong to Gryffindor. What is that saying about phoenixes and Dumbledores? There's a story in my family that a phoenix will come to any Dumbledore in desperate need. Right, right. And how does the sword work that it will come to a Gryffindor in need? Do you see it? Do you get it? They work the exact same because it's the same family. Dumbledore is a Gryffindor. The only question left really is, is he aware of it? Honestly, I have to think no, because you feel like if he didn't know that it would probably come up and he only seems kind of iffy about his own family's ancestry. But that doesn't mean he doesn't end up running the same school as his ancestors, sitting at his desk behind the door with the Griffin knockers. The uh, Griffin door, if you will. Guys, thanks so much for watching today's video. Don't forget to leave a like on it if you haven't already, and subscribe so you don't miss any future Harry Potter action from us. We actually had a few more points about uh, the sword and linking Dumbledore to Gryffindor that we just couldn't find a way to work into the video, but Ben and I are going to be discussing that during the show after the show, which is part of our uh, exclusive behind the scenes feed over on Patreon if you want to check that out. But otherwise, if you just want to see why Fox definitely used to belong to a Gryffindor, you can check out this video right here. But ben that's all I've got for you today, man. I will see you in another life, brother.